the Comedy Zone podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. From Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your host, Jason Allen King. We're going to have a smooth open, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Zone <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> How was that? How was that for smooth? Not enough. Oh, and smooth. In. <laughs> like velvet uh welcome everybody uh jason allen king here uh along with the uh very very talented and very busy brian baltashevitz how are you sir i'm good that's gonna that's gonna end up on my tombstone just yeah he was he was very busy that's he was very gonna, busy that's yes all it's gonna uh, say. you know there are worse things to be today I that's really <laughs> super super busy yeah man that's every true. time every time we text or talk uh yeah, you're usually grabbing the bridge of your nose like, ah, man, it's... <laughs> what have I done? What, yeah, what have I done to myself? Yeah, what did I say yes to this time? <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of that. It's all good, though. I'll, I'll, no no I'll regrets? Few Ooh, regrets. Man, That's pregnant pause. <laughs> How about you? Are you working? Uh, I am, actually. I've, I've been super busy as well. I I get the sense that there's this window of time that everyone feels like we're working in that they're going to shut everything down again. So everybody is trying to get as much in as possible um, for better or worse, I guess <laughs> there's some, there's some scary logic to that, but I appreciate the work and um, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And we're on zoom again. So it is actually good to see your face. Yes. It's, it is good to see you as well. Yeah. Real human contacts. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> it does feel I, 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 I was thinking, so uh, the Comedy Zone here in Charlotte has not reopened yet. So I, right. I, they were I, so close, right? So I went in, I don't know if I should say this out loud or not, but I went into the Comedy Zone uh, on Sunday morning to pick up the podcast gear, which has just been sitting in the, in the podcast studio at the Comedy mm -hmm. Zone for a while. And so I pulled the gear out of there to make use of it. Uh, for some other things and to alleviate some of the of the stress on the on the podcast studio at advent co-working and it is it, it is clear you know i i love that space i i you know have nothing but you know great thing it's 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 the perfect space for comedy yeah there is nothing more sad on the planet than an empty somewhat neglected comedy club oh my god that's um sad. it was it was rough it was I rough bet. to go in there and just kind of see it just after all the chairs up on the tables oh man um the front door to the box office was was kind of cobwebbed over oh my it was god. just it was it was unsettling yeah was atlantic really city weird. during the day is pretty pretty sad too <laughs> If you've ever seen that hangover, um, that is, that sounds really sad and uh, it definitely does sort of hit, hit a nerve. And um, mm -hmm. I was actually just talking to my brother who, who uh, 
he's got a friend who's a who's a, a rigging a lighting rigging guy for for live events and stuff like that and uh he's bouncing up the walls he doesn't know what to do with himself you know yeah. um how their gear is just sitting around yeah just costing money not making any money but the 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 sadness of a of a quiet dark comedy comedy club not in use when it's usually full of people and laughing yeah. and having a good time yeah, yeah. I get that. like the ac wasn't on of course yeah. it, it shouldn't Why? be but it was just kind of it was just hot and damp and dark and it was just not a it's not the way i want to remember the comedy zone yeah. you know and that's not to suggest it's going anywhere but but uh you know we're all, uh, there's questions about all kinds of businesses sure you know, and it's no a, of course it's a, it's a legitimate question to ask like what does the future of you know the comedy club scene look like uh yeah i think when we come out of this it's gonna it's gonna feel a little different it's for sure it's gonna feel different for a while because i think also think we're gonna learn about places that that have closed you know not all in one sitting it's gonna be oh did you hear this place is closed you know two weeks later you know someone was driving through you know such and such town you're like remember that club was awesome and now it's gone you know yeah it was i was interested to see that brian regan still did his did his shows at good nights uh this past weekend yeah um, friend of the podcast brent but brent blakeney opened for him and i don't know how they did it and i guess he's in greensboro this week like, how yeah like at the comedy something down this coming weekend i don't understand them how those I clubs say can that have it's, shows it's, and we can't you know it's up to the to the individual owner and and yeah. What is the layout? What what are they? What have they been doing? What's the preparation like? I will say that uh, be, having been at Good Nights, it's definitely a bigger, open, higher ceilings. Open oh, maybe, room. maybe that's got something to do with it then too. Yeah, um, yeah. They may have a you know a super uh, ventilation system there that they've yeah. made adjustments to. You know, I, I I'm sorry. I, my point of saying any of that is just I they'll get no judgment from me for no no of course some not. places opening and not. The Charlotte Comedy Zone is a is a fantastic club, but it is low ceilings. You're in the basement. I don't suspect. That, not, I'm not saying that ventilation isn't good. I'm just saying it is a tight quarters on purpose because that's yeah, the yep. best, yep. you know, setup for a comedy club. So, I think, you know, cooler heads said, you know, maybe this isn't the right time. We're not there yet, and. Yeah. That sounded like a a good, uh, healthy decision for their staff, for, for absolutely people of Charlotte. So good, you know, good for them. Like I said, I wouldn't judge either way, but um, you know, they're not being forced into opening like some schools are. I'll, I'll put it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People on the ground here are making smart decisions for everybody else. So, but yeah. yeah, that's I haven't I haven't been in the comedy zone. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think I'll go. I think I'll wait. I'll wait for it to open. I don't want Yeah, to. you don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't. Uh, I don't recommend it. <laughs> so. it I, I have this stupid picture in my head of like Scooby Doo, like a, an old amusement park closed down, and it's a little creepy and it's yeah. really sad. You know, it's like yeah. It was also it, it was compounded by pulling the gear out of the podcast studio at the Common Zone too, and that you know five years ago, almost you know six years ago now, you know we built out that uh, podcast studio and that. You know, there was some melancholy there too. Yeah. You know, and it, End of an era. To, yeah, it's not to say that you know we won't rebuild the studio back in there when the time comes, but but uh, it, it was a little you know going in there and pulling out equipment that had been sitting there for five years. You know, just remembering 
you know, a lot of the good times. Uh, yeah, Bob right. Saget on her first show, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, Jason Allen King, Todd oh, Riley, Bill, oh. Sammy Joe, Spencer Taylor. You know, all that just, yeah. you know, nothing but good memories in that room. So that was a yeah. little a little melancholy, uh, you know, settled in, yanking that equipment out of there. Too. I bombed pretty hard in there. There's not all good memories <laughs> in there for me. <laughs> I've eaten some shit in that room, Brian. I'm... <laughs> Well, listen. That was we, my, <laughs> we all. That's have. part of the experience, though, right? You sometimes exactly, you yeah. got to do that. You, you, you take the good, you take the bad. You <laughs> take them both, and there you have. Excellent. Facts of life. That's right. There you go. Nicely done. <laughs> Speaking of the facts of life, uh, did you feel the earthquake the other day? I did. Um, did you? Oh, great. I have always said that I kind of wanted to to experience a minor earthquake, right? Like <laughs> bucket list. Exactly. The few times that, you know, we've been out in LA, I've been like, you know, I kind of want to feel like a 4.0. Just, you know, I just want to know what it feels like. Uh, I'm good now. I'm good. I don't, I, really? I don't need to feel it again. It oh is, my gosh. It is weird. So our house sits on a, on a concrete slab and it was about 10 minutes after eight or so uh, Sunday morning. I had gotten up at seven to get some work done because that's how I spend my Sundays. And um, we're very different people. <laughs> we are very different people. <laughs> and uh, I was sitting here. I have a coffee, and I was sitting here at the right, 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 exactly where I am right now. And all of a sudden, I felt the slab move. Like not like you know, if a truck drives by the house or something happens, you know, in the it wasn't a rumble. It was. It was. But it was in. It. It was coming from the concrete slab. Wow. And that is a weird thing right <laughs> just to feel the slab under you move and then the, the, the um the house did too but it lasted maybe six seconds maybe eight i mean eight seconds my wife was still in bed um and she came out and i was like did you feel the earthquake or did you feel that i think it was an earthquake as is what i said wow and she was like no i don't think i did but then she said you know what i woke up because i thought the cat had jumped on the bed. Interesting. And so she felt it, you know, she was in our bed and she felt it. And I got on Twitter, of course, right away, because that's what you do. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, just that's like the world waited. we live in now. If you don't, you'll tweet about that, it, it didn't happen. That's, that's right, waited for people to start tweeting. But that's where you get the, you know, like the instant reaction. Sure, yeah. You know, if I, you know, I'm not going to wait till the six o'clock news to find out we had an earthquake, <laughs> right? I'm gonna. That, that's all. Right. Reason I got out of news, but the, <laughs> but the, uh, a couple of minutes later, I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I imagined it. Maybe I don't know. And then about mm. a minute later, the tweets started popping up. Like, was that an earthquake? Did we just have an earthquake? I was like, oh, all right, we did. We just had an wow. earthquake. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was weird. Interesting. It was very, very I strange. was. Uh, May or may not have been hung over, and uh, <laughs> I experienced no earthquake. Uh, oh, no. Okay. I know. Well, you, you it could it. have been anything. It could have been me. I, I would have never <laughs> even known. Had, had, was I even awake to the world uh, at that time? Absolutely not. So I sadly missed it completely. Yeah, it was, it was uh, yeah, I don't need to experience. I'm good. I don't wow. need to have done it. I've crossed it off the list. I did not care for it. Would not recommend. Yeah. You know, it's a little hard to ignore when you have earthquakes and tornadoes and huge, you know, gas explosions uh, that kill 200 people instantly and, you know, hundreds more are, 
all these things keep happening around the country, like uh, earthquake in North Carolina. I, that's just not something that happens very often, if, at, no. if really at all. Um, and it's hard to ignore some of this stuff. There is, there's an awful lot of universe trying talking to us these days. Yeah, was it hurricane on Monday, earthquake on Sunday? Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, <laughs> someone, someone posted something about that's North Carolina, you know, hurricane, yeah. start yeah. the week with a hurricane, end it with an earthquake. Uh, yeah, man. It's just crazy lightning storms at the end of every day. I mean, yeah. bigger than normal summer storms. Like, I just, some of, I don't know. It's the, just a the crazy planets, time. The planet's fighting back. The planet is, yeah. I, I feel like M. Night Shyamalan is, is directing <laughs> this. Exactly you know, yeah. find out later it's just someone's dream or something stupid like that. But this has been, it's been pretty wild, man. It really is. It has been, you just, it, and it's only going to get weirder where, you know, we're gearing up for the election. You know, that is, is every day there's something, there's more weirdness and unsettling thing around that. And it's just, it's the, this year, the, the, the last three months of this year are going to be a wild ride. They are going to be a wild ride because I'm glad you brought that up because there's a significant historical event happened today. Yeah. Um, Kamala Harris is was uh, is the uh, I think they're using the term presumptive vice president nominee. Uh, yep. Joe Biden is that the right term? Yeah, Basically, Joe, Joe Biden that, chose her, and then they're calling them presumptive because yeah, he's not officially the candidate yet, yeah. but he'll be announced next week. Yeah. Yeah, so that that has been. Uh, uh, I've watched that with with some anticipation. I, I didn't do a ton of homework, but I was excited by the uh, a lot of the rhetoric that they were using for for all the women involved. Susan Rice was one that uh, kind of to me came out of nowhere. I'm just not super into politics, but yeah. um, learning more about Kamala Harris and where she came from, what she's done, and and how young she is. This is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. I, 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 admittedly, I would vote for a bag of rocks. You know, I, I don't really. It doesn't. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you we're know, on the same Just page. anybody, but but it, it is it is an exciting time, and and uh, and the possibilities are are good. I like that it's someone a little younger. Quite frankly, yeah, it needed so, to be. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, let's be honest. Joe Biden is. You know, is he going to see four? you know a whole four-year term i don't that, yeah, who, that's I mean, not guaranteed who, who knows who knows yeah. uh i yeah i certainly don't want to promote that that sort of thing that he won't i'm sure you'll he'll be he'll be taken care of i, I think joe sharper than everyone's given him credit for it not to say that he hasn't given me pause from time to time i, I think he will be fine um i like that he and the Democratic Party are embracing a younger, younger group, younger people who are going to be the future of the party, things like that. Yeah. Um, this feels uh, somewhat like uh, Obama coming out of uh, sort of coming out of nowhere. And at least, again, I, I don't pay super close attention. So some people might say, I've been watching her for years. But she really hasn't been in the game for that many years in terms no, of no. she's only been a senator, I think, for what, two or three years. Um, but anyway, I, I think that's, I mean, listen, we're, let's we're cling into any positive news we get. And I have to, I have to say this is positive news. Everyone's going to start Absolutely. trying to poke holes in how she, you know, b believe the accusers of Joe Biden. And I'm like, you guys see that as a bad thing? I kind of see it as a good thing, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, any well, more the idea. To both of them that. That even though, you know, I mean, she has gone on the offensive against him, you know, on several different occasions, and he still named her his running mate. So that, I think that says a lot about both of them. 
Right. And, and this is the thing that, that I seem to remember politics being like in the past, and that is um, people make mistakes or people have differing opinions, and that doesn't that's not a meltdown between these two people. Right. They, they don't have to see eye to eye on every, on every right. single thing. Um, one, of the, one of the talking points was about who Joe Biden was going to pick was, is this someone that he can spend time with, develop ideas and, and plans and stuff with? So I kinda, to me, I like that attitude. Like Mike Pence and Donald Trump were probably never even in the same building ever before and couldn't have less in common between those two guys. Yeah. So that to me, just, it, it just to juxtapose those two things. While these two people might not have been either, they're you know they're both have been in politics and and there there are some some similarities to them I think at least a little bit. Um, whether yeah, and there's some um, familial history too in that mm -hmm. Kamala was in some way professionally acquainted with Joe's son Bo. Yeah, uh, okay. Know, so there's some familiarity there as well. So they 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 I'm, I'm sure on some level at least knew each other beforehand. I think it's uh it's exciting to see the just the direction that the uh, Democratic Party at least has seems like they're they're that they're going in. I'm okay with that. Again, I'll cling to any good news I can possibly get right now. I, I, the the next like you said three months have just gotten that much more interesting to me. Yeah. So yeah, just hold fun. on tight. Yeah. And and listen, I will I will not be upset by Maya Rudolph getting more SNL time because she's one of my. <laughs> She's one of my favorite all time on SNL. I absolutely love her, and she is going to be crushing Kamala uh, on SNL. I can't uh, wait. I hadn't even thought about that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's pretty great. Yeah. Um, so uh, other things, I maybe I don't know when we're going on a break. I don't know how long we've been at this, but I did want to bring up another SNL uh, uh, veteran. Uh, mm -hmm. Rob Schneider uh, just got his uh, got his Netflix special out there. Yeah, congratulations. Way to go, Rob. <laughs> now you've worked with him <laughs> there's nothing more 2020 than <laughs> rob schneider getting a netflix special, netflix special. <laughs> nobody yeah. saw that coming that was like no. the earthquake yeah. right people were like what yeah. was that it's like what? it was rob schneider got a netflix special that's what rob schneider's netflix, netflix special dropped that's what that was. <laughs> um yeah well rob schneider was at the uh the queen city comedy festival that's right uh right. two years ago was that two years ago two years ago already i can't remember, even remember i don't yeah i can't remember if it was last year or the year before anyway yeah and i had the uh the great uh honor of opening for for rob uh which was really cool did like 15 minutes or so and uh yeah it was kind of fun to talk to him beforehand he was incredibly nice uh nice guy i was gonna say did you get to spend spend any time with him yeah that yeah as the so I got to see him before the show talk, you know, you talk for like 10 minutes or so. Um, and uh, he was a nice enough guy. And then, then I'm just focused on my notes, how much time I have, what, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. So it wasn't so much beforehand, but after the show and this whole thing, when I was on the show, he's like, when I'm ready, you know, I'm going to come up. And he, he came up early and like lit me from behind me and was like, okay, I'm ready. That's <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna finish up my set, uh, everybody. I'll finish on this guy. That's kind of how that went, which was really weird. But um, you know, hey, it's his show. Far be it for me to. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, guess, I guess so. Yeah. yeah, it was literally an audience member was like, "I think you're getting the light." 
was nice with the That's audience. 100% true. I was like, I didn't think I was doing that bad. Uh, yeah, wow. and that's when he was like, I'm just ready to go, you know, that kind of thing. And it was. Were really- you in mid bit? Oh, yeah. When it was you- like. So it didn't, yeah, no. Pay, stop paying no. attention to how. Did he have to walk in from off stage, or or did he walk in like did he come through a curtain behind you? Or? Just, yeah, behind behind me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, so it's not like he had to enter like stage right and walk forty feet to get to you, so that people see him when you're okay. No, because no. that would have like, been it was like lay me and introduce me is what it was. And that's okay, yeah, pretty much that would have been shitty if you're in mid bit. <laughs> he, he's making a forty foot walk from off stage to. <laughs> right so a- it was a really it was it was totally fine and it was uh okay. just a very weird kind of on stage that experience a weird way to do it yeah. uh and then I- did, his, did his show and i actually was like i went immediately went to the guy the stage manager guy in the back and i was just like hey oh what the fuck happened right there everything all right and he was like no no, no. he's like no, Rob just said, he's like, when I'm up, I, I light him, let's go. I just, I'm ready for time. And I, you know, I had like five minutes left or something, which I would have preferred to do that, but it was, you know, it was Did fine. Did he tell you that that was going to happen? No. So this was just completely, yeah, that. Totally, yeah. To, it, was, it was kind of. I bullshit, get, but, yeah. But it was fine at the same time. Like I, I get that he's the headliner, but come on. Yeah, that's, that's right. Because I unless, talked to him after when he came up after and i was yeah. like yeah yeah is everything all right he's like oh yeah, yeah no that's what i that's what i said at the beginning and so he was like no no, no this is how i do it when i'm ready i i i light whoever's on and i go let me ask you this yeah. how well was your set going oh it was fine that's what so when i came off the stage manager kind of told me what rob said it was like no whenever i'm ready to go i go i went because i record my set i went and listened to my set and it was fine and it was there was no it wasn't, I wasn't doing poorly at all. I thought it was going, going pretty well. So. well. No, I'm actually thinking the opposite. Like, I'm wondering if it was going so well, oh. he, decided, <laughs> he decided he was ready because you were making his job hard. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure it was quite like that. I mean, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. You know, uh, you know, we are on, this is my podcast, all right? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I was, I was burning Rob Schneider. And, uh, he was like, get this genius off stage already. I can't follow that. I can't follow this. <laughs> Rob Schneider. That's my bet. But, so, well, but it was cool, though. So afterwards, we talked, and, and uh, he was so genuinely nice and interested in talking to comics that actually he and um, myself, Dana Coster. And, I was going to say, yeah, Russell, I remember seeing pictures of Dana with him. Yeah. yeah we all we went to, um, what's the Irish bar uptown? Um, uh, uptown Cabaret. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's an Irish bar. Uh, no, we, why, why am I forgetting the name of it right now? Anyway, uh, just around the corner. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, One of the first bars I went to when I moved to Charlotte 20 years ago. Same here. Well, 10 years ago, but. Um, we'll have to look it up. Angry McDrinkies? What is it? The Angry Mc, that's right. <laughs> Angry McDrinkies. <laughs> no, God dang it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look it up because I. I, I hate What's the name of that Tara? What's the name of that? Yeah, Tara. Definitely no. What's the name of that Irish <laughs> bar that we go to in Uptown? Huh? No, the other one. Rira. Got yep. it. Yep. Rira's. That's it. Did she get it? Uh. Well, at first she said Murphy's Tap, and, and ah, which is. You really yeah. really good and uh yeah, and, yeah. And we had the uh queen city podcast network launch party there ah okay uh, gotcha. but rira was the one that we couldn't 
place. Yeah, it was great. There was uh, you know, a handful of people in there. We kind of had cool. it to ourselves and and uh, you know, the four of us just kind of basically just talked comedy and he got out his notes and was like, "What do you think about this joke? Like, let's could you guys oh, that's interesting. Yeah. mind helping me like work on his punchlines and stuff, which was that's a that's a pretty disarming awesome thing yeah someone of that degree you know um whether or not you think he's a great comic or not you know how he he got on snl was uh, he david spade sandler and chris rock used to uh, hang out write jokes and send them into the snl writers and you know it's like years later they they brought him on so um yeah so that was kind of a really cool it was it was really nice He, he was genuine and talked to us about our comedy and his comedy and improv and acting and, and and that so not I, i've been around long enough to know that not everybody does that not everybody puts no, that yeah. with local uh, people so yeah. um i know he gets a lot of flack for i think some political stuff i think yeah. he might be like an anti-vaxxer or whatever and that shit ever came up never talked about it which is you know uh, that in that way uh, who gives a shit he's not yeah. trying to drive it down our throat so yeah um, anyway yeah it's pretty a great experience actually my brush with Rob Snyder is slightly less, uh, <laughs> it's slightly less great. Um, oh boy. So before we launched the Comedy Zone podcast, I, I was producing a podcast for the Sporting News, which is headquartered here in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And um, Mike Hall used to bring the comics by the Sporting News uh, offices and we could record like he, he'd bring, uh, oh man, now I can't remember the, guy who does the impressions uh yes frank caliendo yes brought uh frank caliendo by we had him on the sporting news podcast it was cool it was was fun and so he brought rob schneider by and rob could not have been less interested in being there (laughs) and it was just not (laughs) um to be fair it, it it was probably you know i mean not your typical morning radio run you know and and uh, but just was not, you know, asked me like, you know, what kind of numbers is this? This is six or seven years ago now. He's like, what kind of numbers does this podcast get? And I told him, he's like, you know, like that. <laughs> 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 he just oh, could not, he just did not uh, want to be there. But he told some good stories <laughs> about Saturday Night Live and stuff. And he, he played ball on the podcast, but uh, yeah, off he was, he was not, he was not, uh, not nonplussed, not thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> But he did it, which yeah, is more than we can really say blame him, right? I mean, no, no, no not at all. No. I mean, you guys weren't getting Comedy Zone podcast numbers, so certainly you know. not. No, not even close. <laughs> well, that's great. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, finish his special. I, I got about fifteen minutes in. Oh, no. Got pulled away. Let's say. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I heard a lot of. I heard a lot of uh, accents and stuff, and I was like, eh, I don't know if I like that. So. Uh, yeah, even the title is is it like sets itself up for uh, yeah, some uh, Asian mama Mexican kids. Yeah, it sets itself up for some so, cringy. Yeah, there's some the cringe potential is high. <laughs> it was gonna have that anyway. <laughs> Consider it's rough. Uh, you know, but again, I'll you know I I'll bust his balls like anybody else. But you know, he's he always plays those crazy characters on on adam sandler's movies and stuff i always think he's funny so yeah it was interesting uh it was looking at twitter today and uh let me see if i can pull it up um karen kilgariff who's a who's a 
stand-up comic. She was just on Never Not Funny a week ago. Um, uh, That's right. Yes, you mentioned that she had she some thoughts. Yeah, she. <laughs> so she's got a stand-up special that uh, is currently unedited, apparently, and um, she can't get any interest in it. And I think she's clearly a little frustrated. Yeah. Uh, um, let me find it. Um, this is like that moment when you're hanging out with someone at a party and be like, you ever see that video? About yeah, hold on. The, the I get cat? it. That's right. Hang on. Wait, it's buffering. Hang on a second. Give it. It's right here. <laughs> Everyone's favorite moment is what you're making everybody sit through. This right was, she, she may have deleted it. Oh, shit. Because it is not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah, she she was kind of talking about, you know, how her special, you know, she can't get, yeah, she deleted it. She can't get any legs in her special, but like, hey, Rob, and didn't uh, tag him, but like, hey, uh, Rob S, way to take advantage of your famous friends and back your way into a Netflix special or something like that. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, get, I don't, who is it, Karen? Who is it? Uh, Kill Gareth. Gilgariff. I'll have to, I'll have to, I don't. I don't know who that is. Um, which funny. is probably yeah. probably why they don't have yeah. a special. Probably. Uh, yeah. So I would say her her criticism of going at Rob Schneider for taking advantage of his friends is kind of way off base. Like, yeah, of, <laughs> of course that's what you do. That's literally what everybody does, to some degree yeah. or another. Yeah. That's precisely what happens. Yeah. So the idea of the idea of of giving him a hard time for that seems a little yeah. unfair. I can't wait to draft behind you and propel myself to uh, stardom. <laughs> We're going to get slung all the way to the lower, lower quarter of anything. Yeah. Uh, good times. Good times. Um, <laughs> I will finish the special though. I will go back and, and, and make sure that I finish it just, just cause it feels like that's what I should do. For, it feels for like Rob. Well, I, I, you said how far into it did you get? Like ten or fifteen minutes. So about as you gave him as much time as he gave you. <laughs> I bet you know what I lit. You're exactly. <laughs> I lit him. You gave. And then him I much. got him off the stage. You know what, Rob? I'm done. I'm yeah. Done. I'm <laughs> oh, that's it. That I'm is perfect. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's. I'm ready to go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna put on an old whatever Eddie Murphy or something. <laughs> No, I'll tell you what I tell you what I actually did is I put on a, a, a new favorite show, but I think now is probably let's take a break first. Yeah, let's do that, and we'll come back because I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, so we'll be right back, everybody. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60 second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to 
snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili. And whenever you can, get fresh vegetables, especially in the summer when they are in season. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, here's the Comedy Zone podcast. Me and Brian are chatting it up. We we're talking a little bit about Rob Schneider. You guys were here. You heard it. You know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so with this uh, pandemic, and we're spending more more time isolated, staying home, things like that. Uh, I actually ended up getting you know, Amazon, and I've had Netflix and um, Disney Plus and stuff. So I've been kind of getting through it pretty good. You know, I, I don't watch a ton of TV, but um, you know, I, I like some things, right? Uh, I stumbled onto something that I love. Do you have a favorite show, Brian? Is there anything that you're just hooked on right now? Um, you know, my wife and I have gone back and started rewatching Community, um, which is, is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a lore about that show. That's one of the reasons why I like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, so much going on behind the scenes, and all, there's drama, and it's just a bizarre, fun show. Yeah, I love that. Um, and Jim Rash is just fantastic. one of the funniest people on the planet. I and totally just his agree. Will, yeah, his his willingness to do anything for the for the bit is <laughs> is pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, you know what's funny? He he's credited. He's not credited as a starring character in that show. Yeah, and I don't remember why. He put foot out the door for something else, and I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, I suspect it was, I think he was, he was uh, probably, you know, only supposed to be like a recurring character, and then just, you know, waltzed in, <laughs> waltzed yeah. into the library and stole every scene he was in, and, and <laughs> just so funny, just amazing. Uh, yeah, I you remember Ike Eikenberry, he uh, is a huge fan of that show, and uh, the, the creator, and he, he mentioned something about there was a reason why he wasn't, and I, I think it actually might be a combination, of, a combination of what you said and something else where he, it allowed him flexibility for something. And I don't know. Yeah, he exactly. might've been working. I know he's written a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I can't remember exactly what it was, but great show. Yeah. Check out community. I'm glad they put that back up on, on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yep. And we just came back to something too. Yeah. We just signed up for Peacock. Um, which is NBC Universal's new new over the top platform, yeah. and uh, I'm looking forward to kind of digging into that. There's some good comedy on there, some good old movies. Nice. Um, it's so funny. All this stuff. Everyone's got a streaming platform now, and all that is going to happen is that in a couple of years, someone's going to say, "Hey, we'll bundle all this together, and we're going to call it cable." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we're going <laughs> to we'll cable. we'll hook a wire up to your house, and, and it'll then come it'll right in. It'll be great. <laughs> Just one, play one bill, and you're going to get it all. That is absolutely going to happen. You heard it here first. 
Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, but uh, I think the more content, uh, the winners are the consumers, and that's us. So, um, so I've been, uh, you know, uh, looking around for more more things, and I heard about this show, and uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna bring it up, and everyone's gonna be like, yeah, of course, that show's amazing. Uh, but it's a this great show, a BBC. Originally, it was uh, I, I read that it was a one it was a one woman show uh, hmm. in 2013. Um, Fleabag. Right. Okay. And so I didn't literally didn't know anything about the show. I just heard everyone loved it, and the the lead uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. You know, they say she's great. Like eleven nominations, they won six Emmys. Uh, uh, you know, my first reaction to stuff like that's usually like, no, I bet it's good, but the hype is gonna it's gonna affect uh, what I'm doing. It is easily the best comedy that's been around in in, in a hmm. while, in a long time. It is super dramatic, super dark. If you don't like dark comedy, don't even bother. <laughs> You're it, it's going to be so uncomfortable. Uh, huh. But the the style of the show, it is like this this next. It's the next evolution of um, of your the you know the Office and Parks and Rec. Oh, interesting. Camera, yeah. where yeah. it's actually the 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 conceit is that it's you know just her not everybody knows the camera's there so she so she like a lot is looking into the camera her she will talk to the camera and she will make eyes at the camera and varying degrees her facial expression and comedic timing with that is staggering how funny she is huh. in in dark dark situations like it, i i just i probably am not doing it justice for how smart the show is because they'll have a, a, you know, they'll have literally have fart jokes in the show and then have this crazy dramatic things happening. And then they'll have this profound conversation on feminism and, and women's, wow. you know, women's place in the world and status, you know, spoken about from two women and their perspective and is literally I, my hair is blown back <laughs> after a, every episode. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's incredibly sad. And oh. It is hysterical and just, she's an absolutely tragic character. Yeah. The, Cause the plot is, I mean, it's definitely a character study kind of a show, but there's definitely a, a, a plot to it and it's you know it's more character driven but uh it's a heartbreaking plot that you're just like this this poor woman who's created all of this madness and and all this strife but she's also still has to live in it and it also is this really interesting look into into their, their english english lives and you always hear there's the the take on how english people are uh choke down emotion and they don't yeah. show show they don't emote and and even within family and it is hysterically it's it is priceless some of this stuff it almost seems like impossible but i don't know you, you got to see it there, there's just there's these little moments in the darkness where this big bright light will shine through and it just will i mean it'll bring a tear to your eye and it's just laugh out loud i laugh out loud more at this show wow. than i have in most most comedies that, that i watch yeah like it's, it's it all is, right uh, it's the it's the biggest endorsement. I'm also in love with the lead character. She is sure just charming and gorgeous, and also yeah. kind of dirty and like it's <laughs> like great. So yeah. I, the story is just about how she's like you know very sexually active and also 
you know, uh, her life sort of falling apart and, and mm. just the comedy is in all of that. It's this, mm. she's incredibly transparent about her decisions and what she wants. It's great. I mean, I, I can't talk about it enough. Watch it, watch it immediately. Uh, we will check it out. There's a couple seasons, right? And there, from what I can tell, there's only two, Okay. Uh, which is heartbreaking. I haven't even finished the second season yet. Okay. Um, I'm, Cause here's the thing. I can only watch about two in a row. Right. right. Cause some heavy, yeah. some heavy shit to deal with. <laughs> it really is, man. It's a comedy. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. All favorite. right. Yeah. Well, so we will. I, we'll check it out then. Yeah. I don't even know if I'm the biggest like dark comedy fan. I'm trying to think of another version of that. Like, what's another good dark comedy? Um, and I'm not. I'm not sure. Hmm. That's not normally my my lane. Yeah. You know, that's not what the I'm only. Thinking. I was thinking like War of the Roses. That, you know, I mean, which is an old not a great movie but an old yeah movie that was kind of dark darkly comic oh, is that um, audience gonna get get that war of the roses reference i don't know no <laughs> <laughs> no they're not they're not so anyway for all the comics out there this is it's definitely yeah. something to uh something to check out uh look at why it's funny and what they're doing and um, that kind of thing we will do that no also i'm brian i know that you are we're gonna change gears a little bit i know that you're a, a big fan of music um, are you still doing your uh, your? Oh, the my record kind of, collection. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, it's yeah. been a little while since I've I've <laughs> I actually have people like texting me like, "Hey, how come you're not doing that thing anymore?" Yeah. So I need to. I do need to. I need to. Uh, I need to pick that back up. But I just yeah. haven't had the opportunity. To, oh well. Yeah, yeah. You are, you know, the busiest man in the world. Like well, that's be on your tombstone, yeah. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I need to do that. Yeah. So were you a in terms of you know where I'm going with this. In terms, would you say that the the grunge in the '90s or hair bands? Which which way do you lean? And, and do, you know, I mean, I'm sure you like parts of both. Sure. But did you have a favorite? So, uh, this is going to be a longer explanation than I think you you counted on because it. it's not an easy answer. Oh my god, it's not. You're right. And it's just because of of when I grew up and how early I started listening. My to God, I've regretted fewer. <laughs> I never have I regretted a question like this. Jeez, uh, so, I should have known. But go ahead, go. Uh, late seventies, I started getting you know a little bit into kind of the punk movement, right? So <laughs> I wish I had a cricket noise so bad right now. I was twelve. I was twelve when I started listening to like the Sex Pistols mm-hmm. and like Social Distortion and groups like that. Uh, and so uh, I always my musical tastes were always a little more raw and a little more rough than 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 most of the people that I grew up with in suburban Detroit, right? So, uh, but then I also got into new wave in the eighties, um, and then the ninety well the eighties then kind of hair bands, right? And mm-hmm. and. I was less about the hair bands. They were kind of a parallel sort of movement in the eighties, right? Yeah. They, uh, yes, and, punk and, and the hair bands in the you know. A bit, yeah, that the hair bands kind of came out of punk, mm-hmm. right? And that like you know they didn't have that you know they didn't have they had ninety percent of the attitude that the punk bands had, uh, but didn't want to take it quite all that way but they had the hair and they were trying to be tough guys but let's yeah. you know, they, they weren't particularly tough but uh, so i was a fan of of kind of the bands of that era of that hair band era who 
were a little bit more rough around the edges. So like Guns N' Roses, for example. Guns mm-hmm. N' Roses is a hairband by definition, but that first Appetite for Destruction album just blew me away. Yeah, they're, they're authentic, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. So I always thought that like you know, Poison, you know, even not necessarily early Motley Crue, but later Motley Crue, um, Rat, all those sort of hair bands that that were were not, it, it just didn't it didn't do a whole lot for me. There's occasional yeah. songs here and there. Even so, Alice Cooper had a had a hair band type song when he released Poison. Yeah, you know, in uh, I don't know when that was early '90s probably. Mm-hmm. Um. But my answer, I I told you this was a long. You're like stretching. I'm like I told you this. Yeah, was, well, I'm just trying to get is, comfortable. <laughs> this is going to be a journey. <laughs> um. So then, uh, I got out of school, and then, um, uh, my first real introduction to, to to kind of the grunge movement was less Nirvana, and more uh, Pearl Jam's first album, uh, Eleven, which which again was sort of my appetite for destruction, but for the grunge era. Um, and that album still from front to finish is one of my favorite albums. Um, oh, that's awesome. It, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan for sure. Yeah, that, that you know, to release that album as your debut album is just like, wow, that's amazing. It's nuts, right? Yeah, it's nuts. So in answer to your question, yeah, that was kind of my journey from yeah. to kind of the punk roots to new wave to to some hair and mm-hmm. then some grunge um, so there there's an interesting uh and and this is a, apparently a famous night in um in sort of rock lore right there was uh and i had so i you know work on a lot of different film projects and i worked with this uh this woman and her and her team and they were filming something uh, some documentary or something like that about music at the time. They were in, I believe it was a, a famous club in Seattle, and there were all these hair bands on the on the bill, and uh, then like in the middle, late middle or something like that, or maybe they, maybe they were closing. I can't remember how the story goes, but Nirvana was playing. Wow. And so all the hair bands, you know, were there, and they're in the crowd. Uh, and I think this woman, like, I think she was dating one of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think, something like that. So she was definitely, she was really tied into the the world of the rock world. And we're literally driving around, and they were talking about how Nirvana started playing. And at some point, you know, they played Teen Spirit or whatever. And yeah. she's, you could physically see all of these hairband acts, their shoulders slumped. They their posture changed because they literally saw their genre die. The end, yeah. In yeah. that night, it was just over, yeah. and they knew. And she said it was the most sort of uh, obvious and just real time thing that you saw happen. And it kind of made sense. The theatrics of hair bands and the the glam kind yep. of raw. There's just all these things. Done up hair and everything grunge just stepped in and and did the exact opposite of all that but it still yeah. had you know loud guitars and and that kind of stuff but it was just uh it became more authentic it seemed to, like this new group came in with with a different similar but different angst yeah. the, their hair was down and it was and their clothes were couldn't be more opposite of spandex and tank tops it was you know it was corduroy jackets you know what i mean like uh, uh eddie vetter's famous corduroy, right that kind of yep, thing yep. um and that 
so so we all, we know the history of grunge, right? It just it was a, a whole new era, a whole new genre of music that happened, and it was famous for a very long time, and remnants of it are still around, right? My question that I sort of had posed to you was, you know, different time and place, would would the reverse have happened? Would if if grunge was popular and then Appetite for Destruction, to use that as an example, came out behind Creed. Right. Who I, you know, <laughs> right. Not everyone, I'm not saying they were a grunge band, but they came from that the same yeah. way Poison came from punk, right? There's yep. an yep. issue there. You know, Creed's out, and then suddenly, uh, you know, Welcome to the Jungle comes out. It, it, that's so different and such a great song. Yeah. Would it would have been an interesting thing to see those things go in in reverse? Would that have happened? Would would we have accepted that? Would because uh, I think there's an argument to be made that the you know quality of musicianship I don't think was big was different between those two. I'm not I'm not suggesting that Pearl Jam were better musicians than Motley Crue necessarily, yeah. or or you know I mean Slash who who you're gonna put up against Slash right. you know. Um, so I don't know. There's just uh, to me, it was a fun thought to say, well, you know, would it have gone in reverse? Because there's something to be said for that's how some music is today. There's just, it just now it all seems to be mashup. Right. Um, yeah. It's. It, it, I wonder about. I mean, if you consider like punk as a response to disco, and you know, grunge as the response to hair metal. If you do reverse that, then what? grunge would still have to have been the response to something. So if hair metal was kind of the response to new wave, um, to the Duran Durans and the, 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 the the well-kept, you know, the GQ models, you know, making music, right. Then what would grunge have been the, you know, yeah. What would have been driving, what would have been the motivation or the, the, the germ of the grunge movement. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know but it's, it is, uh, I, I, I like, cause you kind of went the the kind of, you went to the back door of that and saying that what would have introduced grunge. Cause I mean, it is, is it fair to say that grunge was, was an exact sort of response to hair, hair metal or was it oh, just I think so. a new, yeah, yeah, think yeah. So? It was a new yeah. generation that came out and, and didn't want to dress up. They felt they, they just wanted to be different and create their own path kind of thing. Yeah. And they weren't interested in the spectacle, mm -hmm. you know, in the pyro and the big shows and the, yeah. you know, Tommy Lee and the cage, you know, <laughs> over the, over the uh, arena, the, the the huge lights that the the, uh, the the everything that detracts from the music you know and grunge was just almost to the early days of of rock where like uh, I mean, if you go back and watch uh, like the sound remains the same the the led zeppelin movie the song remains the same excuse me yeah um you know led zeppelin in our heads you know we always imagine this big huge band and all these lights and playing you know the uh, all their songs but led zeppelin's stage show was as stripped down as you could possibly be it was just you know a stack of amps on either side of the stage and some lights and that was it you know uh, there's really kind of kiss that well it was a little bit of alice cooper but really kind of kiss who 
who brought the pyro and the huge lights and the and the and the um uh the, some of the theatrics alice cooper yeah. certainly was more theatrical than than kiss even but um you know to me grunge was kind of that response to the over-the-top theatrics and staging yeah. stage presence of these of these hair bands um, yeah I mean, they even lost the the solos i mean yeah the, yeah the solo just kind of disappeared yeah. because of they were i think they saw that as as a big flashy thing and they're like just they indulgent yep. yeah right yeah. right uh huh. yeah that's pretty fascinating now just because we're a comedy podcast uh it's interesting to think about genres of comedy and how that's changed and who you know what what begat what kind of a kind of a thing because there's definitely different genres in uh in comedy um yeah well in the I, 80s there was kind of the character driven right the bobcat uh, bobcat sure yeah. goldthwaite judy tenuta andrew dice clay you yeah, know right you had to invent a character and 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 people like you know you go back and look at bobcat uh, goldthwaite stand up now that's <laughs> <laughs> hard to watch and i liked it i was gonna say i i, yeah. I think the nostalgia of that i would like because i did like yeah. that actually yeah uh, but there's just not a lot of jokes there you know it's a there are these characters judy tenuta kind of the, i mean say emo phillips certainly the exception but they yeah. created these characters actually emo's character is very much like emo himself but <laughs> but the 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 idea that you know, you almost had to create this character, you know, on stage that was yeah. very different from yeah, sure. Who you were? I, I, it was funny because we we downloaded the uh, Comedy Dynamics app on our our Roku, and I was just kind of going through that and seeing what was there. And there was this old Sam Kinison show from Las Vegas, and it was in it was in that. Kinnison phase when he was uh, playing the guitar on stage and he had a band behind him and it was it was he was pretty clearly severely coked up at the time yeah, which right. I don't know how we didn't realize <laughs> that I think we kind of knew probably we must have yeah I think right yeah <laughs> but there were no jokes in the show I mean there was no it was just kind of uh, Sam Kinnison came out with this band he had two drummers for some reason I don't know why <laughs> That's money. <laughs> but they came out and they played uh, rock and roll by Led Zeppelin for like six minutes, you know, and he sang and they played the guitar and it was this, you know, it was this concert and then that stopped and the guitar kick, uh, tech came out and took the guitar from him and they made a big show out of that. And then Kinnison just paced up and down stage for 20 minutes and never really told the joke. Wow. I was just kind of yelling and, and, and it was, it, it was just, it was, Really, it was not like Sam Kinison in his prime, and I don't know how yeah. close to his death that was recorded. But, mm. but uh, it was it was really interesting to go back and see that because you remember Kinison is, you know, we'll go where the food is. You know, you remember that Sam Kinison. You know, you don't you know necessarily remember coked up yelling at the top of his lungs yeah. playing the guitar wild thing Sam Kinison. That's about when I learned about comedy. Also, I was still pretty young, you know throughout the throughout the 80s i was pretty young but i just trying to i mean that's when to me cosby was was king like yeah. that's that's who i you know i think of the clean guys you know because i was so young that's about all i could really see i know of you know um obviously eddie and um richard pryor who by the way my folks went to see richard pryor really 
uh, wow. which to me is absolutely fascinating. Um, <laughs> and uh, they, they, my mom said that, that uh, they, they were both like, he was really, really good. But my mom said, he said fuck so many times <laughs> that I got distracted counting them instead of hearing the jokes. She's like, I have a little too much for me, but he was, he was a funny guy, but uh, just to give the, you know, that's really interesting. That, yeah. 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 Um, also told me my folks were cooler than we ever think that they are. You know what I mean? There's like, yeah, we'll go see prior. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I just like, you know, who, like I said, what begat what in terms of these genres and you know, would it go, would it go in reverse? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's funny that Bill Cosby and Eddie Murphy had such a contentious relationship. You would think that that there's no way yeah. that Bill didn't totally influence Eddie Murphy. Right. Excuse me. And yet, apparently, Bill Cosby would would chastise him regularly. Yeah. Um, so there's there's there you know that connection is there, but in a very very odd way. I don't know. Yeah, and there's no way that the, the Cosby wasn't an idol of you know Eddie Murphy's yeah. coming up. So that must have been particularly painful for you know Bill Cosby to tell Eddie Murphy how he should be doing comedy. Yeah, the, he he talks a little bit about on. Uh, comedians in cars getting coffee which is kind of kind of where i got that a little bit but um anyway yeah i just thought that's uh that's kind of fun to think about i don't know and i don't know who the i don't know who the people are now who are comparable you know who are changing comedy yeah yeah who are the ones who you know kevin hart's coming from uh, you know from an eddie murphy you know who's kevin hart influencing now because this is the time yeah. when eddie was influencing people right Mm -hmm. I mean, Kevin Hart's pretty established at this point, but, um, you know, a guy like um, um, Tom Segura, who, uh, to me, Tom doesn't tell jokes. He's just in, just inherently funny on his presentation. Um, not to say he doesn't have a joke, I just mean he's a guy who's just funny and knows how to make anything funny, just whatever topic he chooses to, to you know, to talk about. So, um, I don't know. They say that... Um, I'm gonna forget his name right now. He's one of my favorite comics. Um, I've hosted for him here in a number of times, um, but everybody did his his voice for years. Um, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of David Tell. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yep. Yeah, apparently there's there was this. Uh, Tell's been around for a long time, but I couldn't get years with. But everyone talks about how. There's this yeah. whole just mini generation of people who just did his yeah. the way he talks or whatever that that sort of cadence is or whatever. Um, but he's still doing it. He's still influencing people. I don't know. It's a it's a it's a murkier thing. I think uh, genres and music seem to be longer yeah. longer period of time. Whereas I don't know if maybe because comedy because I'm in it, it it feels like it's all goes together more so. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm trying to think of who, who now is is influencing. You know, uh, Seinfeld almost feels like that older group now. That yeah. like, yeah, like when Seinfeld comes up, it, it came up. It was Alan King and you know and mm -hmm. those guys, and now Seinfeld's in that group. You yeah, that's kind of the legendary. And the, you know, I think the. The the degree of fame and how many people are famous with comedy has grown. Yeah, I think you know you you you're twenty famous comics in in nineteen eighty nine yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus now, there's 
and again maybe i'm I'm a little skewed because i'm in it so maybe i know more comics than I, if i weren't in yeah but but it just seems like there's but you're right yeah. there's so much more content out there and there's so many more specials there's so many more comics and and ways to consume comedy that there are a lot more so to rise to the top of even that yeah. level is a little bit harder to do right well, that's why kevin hart stands out you know yeah and ways to break through too like you know yeah. in the 70s the only way to break through was to get a gig on the tonight show and do well yeah right you know and that was it that was now it's a, it's a credit that i want but yeah it doesn't seem to necessarily be the the golden ticket like no no no, no not for no Fallon is no Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, was it Johnny or was it the the platform or was it his show? It was both. It was probably both. Yeah, yeah. I think it was both. Yeah, I think Johnny loved stand up comics, yeah. you know, and he wanted to be that platform, and he knew that he had enough. You know, he 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 had enough gravity not only in the industry but in the, you know, I mean, consider how many people were watching his show every night. Yeah. Right. You know, because that was that there were only three channels at the time. So you know, you 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 know, if you were up at that hour yeah. of the night, the kids went TV to bed, so on. the channel wasn't getting changed. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And if you were <laughs> up, you know, if your TV was up, if your TV was on and you were up at that night, there was there was a, a seventy five percent chance you were watching Carson. Yeah. You know, and so that yeah. was uh, um, Drew Carey still tears up when he tells the story about how go back and watch that set the set's great but that moment where carson waves him over and drew's like who who me it's like no dummy the the other (laughs) comic standing behind you yes you it's it's just it's a tremendous moment um and he still tears up when he tells that story it's been 30 years uh but carson had that kind of weight let him into a certain extent had it but there's nobody you know, I think in late night television, who did for comics what Carson did? Yeah, right, right. I think I think that uh, Conan has his own, uh, uh, you know, juju about him now, but but you're but still not to that degree. I don't think. No, and I I never got Conan until he started not giving a crap. Mm. <laughs> like after uh, um, when he first took over for Letterman. I gave him a shot and I just didn't get it, you know, hmm. and, and until, until Conan lost the tonight show and just stopped caring about who heard what he was saying and, 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 yeah. and how he was now, I think he's great. I think his podcast is fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, it, but for me, it wasn't until he just stopped giving a shit that, that, that I really kind of started getting what, what Conan was doing. It's interesting uh, because when he took over for, for Letterman, I, I was there like, I don't know if I was there day one, but I was there early and it felt very much like he was, it was like, oh, well, oh, one of my people is there. Now he's, he's older than me, but you know what I mean? It was yeah. like, but that's how Letterman felt for me. Right. Sure. Sure. Coming up was like Letterman was producing television just for me. Right. Yeah. Right. So Conan came in with this completely quirky, just odd, real weird humor. And yeah. it just, I, I loved it, but I will say, and I'm not, you know, Sunday morning quarterbacking this thing, but when he went to the tonight show, I was like, this isn't, this isn't him at all. It changed. Yeah. He tried, he, 
felt like he had to fit. They were forcing him in a box that he didn't fit in. And, and so I'm not that I could have ever predicted that, but I, I think he, he lost a little something in that, in that time frame, And I think you're right. I think to me, he seems to be back to that quirky, weird shit yeah. guy that he was doing that the, the first time, you know, uh-huh. doing, doing his, his thing. Yeah. And, yes, mm-hmm. and just doesn't give a shit. No, and yeah. I, I think he cared when he was on the Tonight Show. Not yeah, that he was, but, not that it was terrible. It just wasn't him. It just wasn't the, the. That's why I don't think the ratings were that good. I think he got weird yeah. and quirky. I think the audience wasn't. He he wasn't weird and quirky, and I think the audience saw him as weird and quirky. It's like no, yeah. no, that's not even the guy. You haven't even seen him be weird and quirky. Leno's just, audience was never going to sign on for Conan. Never. That's right. Ever. Jimmy Fallon's. It, it makes perfect sense. Right. You know, it's the, that's the middle of the road. Yeah. That's that, that, you know, mass, mass comedy appeal kind of thing. Yeah. For better or worse. Uh, he made perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but the Tonight Show gig isn't what it used to be either, though. Like, no one's going to be fighting over that Tonight Show gig when, when in, in 20 years when Fallon hangs it up. Yeah. I, know, I there's think not right. going to be the fight that there was between Leno and Letterman. That, that's not going to happen again. Yeah. I got to be honest. It concerns me the amount of, the amount of options and it's just going to increase uh how are we going to wade through all of the shit to get to something that we like that is for us that does match our sensibilities that's a real concern um you know i wouldn't normally say more content is bad i mean i even uh, even earlier on this episode i was talking about a content is great but it's just hard to know it's hard to find you know because there's so much noise yeah, you know. I, I, the I think the market will will ultimately be the judge. You know, because it's fine. Shows are, yeah, it, yeah. Either shows will find an audience or there won't. I do think that you know all these streaming platforms now have the luxury of giving shows a little more time to find their feet. Mm-hmm. You know, which uh, I'll I'll th- I'll sign on with that for sure. Yeah, uh, um, and. And it's not going to, it doesn't happen very often today that a show like Seinfeld, which almost got canceled half a dozen times in the first season, you know, uh, the networks, you know, at this point can't really afford to give somebody, you know, an entire season if they haven't got their legs under them in the first five or six episodes. But a Netflix can put a show up, you know, a show like, I mean, I did. I mean, do they rare, uh, do they ever give give a green light without giving them ten episodes? I don't. It doesn't really no. happen that often. No. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, they they don't give someone three, and four that I know of. I could be. What wrong, was that? That that that. Uh, oh gosh, that show, The Ranch, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The 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 uh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. I know of it. I didn't, I didn't. What a stink bomb that show was, and it got like four seasons. Really? And it was not, 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 not good. I, you know, my, <laughs> my my brother. I want to say maybe two brothers really liked that show. I I watched one episode and I I didn't didn't feel it at all. I didn't like, get it. And then but... that Danny guy got accused of rape and he went away. And yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah oh, I, I think uh, he, I think he's done for. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, he's done. Yeah, yeah. the guy from uh, yeah, Mas- Danny Masterson or whatever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, but that yeah, like that show got like four seasons. Wow, interesting. Okay, you know, yeah. So the, the, the these platforms can afford to be a little bit more patient with these shows, and and yeah. and even if they don't, 
find a huge audience, if they only find a moderately sized audience, you know, they can justify whatever it is they're paying for it. Yeah. And some get an enthusiastic audience, which, sure. which actually holds a little bit more weight, I think, too. I think there's shows like Community, I think, would have disappeared had, had it not been for their who their audience was and how enthusiastic they yeah, were. Yeah, and it did. I mean, it bounced around. NBC canceled it, and then it went to Yahoo when that was a thing, when Yahoo was producing shows. And, and, um, and that season wasn't great, but... Uh, it was, but it was that sixth episode. season that everybody wanted. Oh, community, you know, six seasons in a movie. That's right. <laughs> it, like I said, it gave us one more paintball episode. That's yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, be awesome. All right. Well, we've solved all the world's problems, Jason. We did. We did it again. The world needs to keep screwing up between every every episode. We've done good work. We have. We sure have. Uh, so, our takeaways are um, congratulations, Kamala Harris, and the Democratic Party. Uh, vote in november i think it's super important yeah i don't, I don't even care what way you vote just go out and vote yeah i i, I care which way you vote um, <laughs> <laughs> vote democrat i don't care um and uh yeah historical historical uh, uh moment there with her and um first yeah. uh first uh, i think they were saying person of color because she's uh, indian and um her father's jamaican i believe i heard yeah it's very exciting it's a historical thing that's really good um <laughs> congratulations rob schneider and uh dear god go and watch fleabag everybody should it's worth yeah it. we're gonna do that my wife and i will watch it this weekend we'll let you know excellent yeah excellent all right and we'll uh we'll look forward to hopefully uh having will back and we'll see you guys uh see you guys in a week thanks for listening the Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs> <laughs>